Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Screen Heroes episode 84. I am Derek, one of your regular hosts. I have my other two regular hosts with me, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. I am Pennywise. I'm sorry, Pennywise. The dancing clown. The dancing clown. That was good. And we have a special guest. Hi! Who someone should introduce because I have to sneeze. <laughs> I'll introduce myself. I'm Amber. Nice to see you. I have been on uh, Costume Couture, so you might remember me from back in the day. You can find me on the Facebooks. But uh, yeah, I'm Amber, and yeah. I'm excited. I'm a big Stephen King fan, so I'm super stoked to be here tonight. Longtime friend of all of us. Uh, absolutely. We absolutely adore you. You're part of our Justice League. It's true. So welcome back. Yay! And we are talking about It tonight, the new 2017 Ooh. movie made uh, based off of the Stephen King book. We'll get to that shortly, but uh, we'll cover some news. So big Star Wars news. J.J. Abrams is back in the game, like I said he was going to be last week. You did say that, didn't you? Yeah. Psychic. It's not too surprising Disney likes to stay no. safe with their stuff. I mean, and that's he's the safe bet. They're not going out on another Han Solo or, or yeah. you know, risk like that where yeah. they have to change their fire directors in the middle of a shoot. So You play the Disney game. This is what happens. Sometimes you play it well and sometimes big you get tossed to the side. No, I think some people, I, I was like me, I was a little surprised they didn't just go with Rain Johnson, who's doing... Ryan. Epi- Ryan. Is it Ryan? It's Ryan Johnson. Oh, okay. It's spelled R-I-O-N, it's not I thought it was. I thought it was E-I-N, sorry. No. I'm just remembering it wrong. So anyway, either way, I'm surprised... That person. I'm surprised that that's not the person that's doing episode 9, so 8 and 9 would just have a similar feel, but... Do you really think this will end in a trilogy, though? Because I don't. I think they'll do, yeah. like, 10 and 11 yeah, and 12. Yeah, they will definitely I, do 10 and 11. We've got as more. long well, as some yeah. of these actors want to keep going, as long as they don't leave. And hopefully but the arcs are all trilogies. Yes. So, I mean, 9 will be the end of one story, and 10 will pick up, you know, the continuation of that, just like episode 4 and episode 7. See, so. that, that makes sense in a perfect world, but this is a Disney world where everything <laughs> everything is a connected universe now and Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, they're Oscar Isaacs, they're all fairly young. They could do like the next 12, 15 years just of Star Wars if they wanted to. Yeah, no, I, I'm so, not disagreeing. I just tonally I, I just think they'll do trilogies to keep the same pattern of the the numbered movies, that's all. Alright. But they also moved the release date. Yes. So they pushed it to December twenty nineteen, which is not really surprising to yeah, anybody. Yeah, none of that. None of the news today is super surprising to hear. You know that. I was more surprised that that wasn't the original date for the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they do love a December release. They own they can December monopolize now because the entire exactly. Month, yeah. um, Aside but, from like the Oscar bait and the one Christmas movie that releases every year, it's pretty much Star Wars now. Is. Isn't Wonder Woman two supposed to come out that time yes. as well? So that's a little frustrating because I remember how mad all the uh, Marvel fanboys were when BVS was coming out the same month as Civil War, and so they had to move it. So I'm curious 
if people will be just as mad. I'm not sure why people think people can only see one movie in a month. Well, I think that one originally <laughs> they were the same day. Isn't I mean, that what it same was? weekend. It was the same weekend. Yeah. 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 So, so that like, was the problem. I, I think more than the same month. I love Wonder Woman deeply, deeply, but there's no world in which it's going to outsell Star Wars. Of course not. I don't so, think there's you know, any movie that's going to outsell right. Star Wars. Right. So if it's not going to compete against it anyway, just keep them in the same month. No, there is always the risk that the Han Solo movie is terrible. And a bunch of people then don't go, but that would surprise me. If even if it's terrible, I don't think that's. I, yeah, I, yeah, it's a different trilogy, different. Right, that's movie. my well, thought. Well, the too. Star Wars fandom is so. I mean, they sat. We sat after the prequels. Yeah, we're still going back after those. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they still have us after Attack of the Clones. They're going to have us for everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought Phantom Menace was worse, but that's a separate podcast episode. <laughs> um, anything else going on in the news? Any other stuff? No, nothing really big. Okay, that's soon. Yeah, how it should have ended came out with uh, Wonder Woman today. They really did. Great. It was yeah, really funny. It. I love those. I love those too. Really it's probably their best one yet. I think it was hilarious. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of them, so I can't say. But it was a really good one. So I enjoyed that a lot. I want your thoughts on it because the ending may be the most like feminist thing I've ever. I haven't had a chance to watch it. Okay, I will watch it. I will. I will get back to you on that. Stylistically, I thought it was really cool. The I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, yeah, or anybody else. But some of the newer characters that were in it, I thought looked really good. I agree. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, I guess we can kind of dive into things then. Talk about it. So, uh, before we go into details, let's provide our spoiler-free thoughts. Well, can we lay some ground rules first? This sure. is very important for Amber and I especially. Are we comparing to the the book and the previous? Or are we just... The miniseries. Yeah. You can compare it to whatever you want. Yeah. I have never read the book, and I just watched the yeah, 1990 and, version. And I haven't reread the book since it came out. Right. Literally. Right. It's been a long time. But I, I think it's fair to at least talk about some of the things that are the same and different. Okay. Just... Laying that out there right now. If we were going to let it stand on its own, are we going to add to it? And I wanted to, like, compare to everything. Yeah, Yeah, let's just do that. Cool. Let's do this. So, uh, Ryan, what is your spoiler-free thought of the film? I think that it's making more money than I expected, and it was just all right. I just wasn't a big fan. Fair enough. Amber? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I want to go back and see it again. Uh, is is it my favorite Stephen King adaptation ever? No. Is it... It's better in many ways than the miniseries. There are some ways I don't think it's quite as strong as the miniseries. But, you know, it wasn't quite as long either. And, and we haven't gotten to the second half of the story. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed it. I was amazed with some of the character development that I saw on that screen. Right. I am pretty much on the same page as Amber. There's a lot that I felt was missing. There are quite a few missteps I think it had, but overall, I really loved it. I had a lot of fun. This is one of my favorite Stephen King novels because I think it has some of the best and weirdest mythology behind it. And I think this also started the whole, all of his books are connected. <laughs> he has a macroverse. And <laughs> so I, I enjoyed watching it a lot. And I don't usually enjoy horror films. I appreciate the genre cause it's so unique. There are rules to horror that there just aren't to other genres. So I had fun with it. I thought it was a good horror film in a year full of, Fairly good horror films com- compared to previous years. 
Fair enough. I uh, I think I'm somewhere in between these two groups of people. <laughs> I think there's some things that it did really, really well, and I think there's some things it did really, really poorly. Um, and I so I watched the 1990 version this past weekend after seeing the new one. Mm-hmm. I had never seen the Tim Curry 1990 TV miniseries thing, um, and that made me appreciate some things in the new yeah. one, and it also kind of justified some of my problems with the things that I didn't like. Um, so, you know, I kind of put it square in. It's better than a lot of horror movies, but it's not going to make my top list. And I think that's that's a fair thing to talk about here. I'm a horror girl. She's a horror girl. You would not call yourself a horror guy, would you? I'm a little specific about it, right? So, like, yeah. my, my favorite horror movies are movies like... Um, Cabin in the Woods, the Evil Dead movies, including the remake. I loved the remake. Um, The first Saw, I thought, was really great. Um, More psychological stuff, like The Shining, since we're talking Stephen King. Mm. The Shining is absolutely my favorite horror movie of all time. It's in the Kubrick version or the miniseries? The Kubrick version. Just clarifying. Which I know is drastically different from the book. Very different, but I still love them both. I love them both. They're really, I'm not so sure they could have executed the, the book that well back then. But you should watch the miniseries if you haven't. I haven't seen the miniseries. Give yet. it a shot sometime. It's Brian, a little dated, but good. How are you? Are how are you? Are, how are you with horror films? I don't like go to theaters to see horror movies. Really, yeah. um, I don't really love being scared. It's not my thing. But I mean, if a, if there's an iconic or a good horror movie, I'll watch it. Um, like you know, the Evil Dead. I know you're Evil a fan Dead. Of. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of. Um, you know, this. I liked the miniseries. That was pretty good. Um, you know, I've seen the ones with all the people dying in weird ways. What were those? The uh, Final Destinations. Final Destinations. The Saw movies. Um, it's, I mean, a lot of a that's lot a of great kind of like yeah, summary. Like, yeah, well, I mean, that's what it's known for, right? Yeah, it's known for. I mean, this movie. I think calling it a horror movie for me, I'm not scared of clowns. Yeah, it was. It's being generous. I saw it more in the vein of Stranger Things or something like that, where it was more of a maybe kind of a period piece. Not, I, I'll get into supernatural that. Supernatural period piece. But, but yeah, more of a supernatural drama than anything else. It really, I, I don't know. I don't really consider it a horror movie in the vein of like Evil Dead or something along those lines. Interesting. <laughs> well, before we dive into details, I'll just go through the quick box office stuff because it is actually really impressive. I know this is normally the boring part, but it made, if you include the five day total, because we're recording this on Tuesday, it made $198.46 million That's huge for internationally. September. That's huge for horror. That's huge, That's huge for, for horror. R-rated That's, movies. That's the for... biggest R rated opening, surpassing the Deadpool. Yeah. Wow. It's the biggest September opening ever. Mm-hmm. Number one horror opening ever of any horror movie by a huge margin. I mean, the the next one on the list, which is Paranormal Activity 3, which was shocking to me that that was number two on the list mm-hmm. uh, of all the classics, but that was only 52 and a half. Yeah. You well, know, you've, got so, the, you've got the Stephen King brand behind it. That's true. They did an intense marketing campaign on this. You know. I mean, it did open in 400 more theaters than any other horror movie ever, yeah, which, helps. you know, that's about... It's about 12-15% increase It's com- coming just on the heels of the Dark Tower, so we already had the Stephen King in our heads. True, true. And we've had some good horror movies. You know, uh, Get Out was this year. Oh, uh, Split was this year. Annabelle did really well, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I guess right I, now we're kind of on a nice roll for horror movies. I also think that it brought in the nostalgia crowd. Oh, yeah. Mm. Because here's, like, maybe... For made for TV in 1990, that was scary. But 
by the time I was in high school, they were showing that during class. It okay. was not a big deal at that point. Nobody was scared. So I I think people were kind of excited to see this back in theaters and like, oh man, what if it's actually like really violent and grim this time mm-hmm. instead of, you know, claymation drain opening up. And, right. Yeah. You know? Well so, my theory is that, that uh the it movie the it miniseries and then this movie are the movies that people remember seeing as a kid when they were too young to see it. And so yeah. they have this weird, scary fascination with it and so they were all amped up to see the one in theaters now. Mm-hmm. I think that was a lot of it. That's a good yeah. I have a weird perspective on it in that I'm 39 right now. So when the miniseries came out, I was like the age of those kids. Mm. So, you know, I was really into it. So, and now I'm kind of the age the adults would be 27 years cool. later. Yeah. So there's kind of that parallel in my world. And I, and I read it way too young and I saw the movie way too young and I had already was a little more than a little colorophobic. That's the fear of clowns. From the movie Poltergeist, the clown doll. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Poltergeist definitely on my list of favorite horror movies. Oh yeah, yeah mine too. That's another one I've seen. Yeah. Mine too. I forgot about the clown. <laughs> so that started my fear of clowns, and then shortly thereafter, bam, here comes it, mm-hmm. and whatever else you can say about that version, Tim Curry is a creepy son of a gun. <laughs> I'm going to say that I actually thought he was creepier in some of his other stuff. <laughs> Texas, come on. So, no, yeah. He's almost creepier in Home Alone 2. <laughs> Put that out there. Something about... about um, I think the most impressive thing about this, though, is... Because whether you liked the movie, didn't like the movie, found it scary or not, the production quality is really high. Yeah. On a $35 million budget. That's amazing. When you're looking at movies like... Um, like Aquaman's going to get 165, I think, or 170, right? Uh, Suicide Squad got 165. BVS and Civil War got 250 each. What did Deadpool get? 65 or 85, something like it was. A, it was one of those Still under 100. Yeah. yeah, it was under 100. That was a very tight budget. I remember that was all the talk about how mm-hmm. tight that budget was. This had half that, yeah, or even less. I mean, really, wow. right? So it's really impressive what they were able to pull off with that money now of course it's a bunch of kid actors only one of which is really well known at this point and there's not a lot of computer effects in it there's some a little bit yeah but, I mean, compared to something Pennywise. like deadpool yeah, where you have a character like colossus walking around for half the movie right. you know this Absolutely. one you saw pennywise i mean if i don't know how many minutes of the movie but it was not a lot mm-hmm. so I mean, still you know 35 million in today's world is, is a small budget absolutely mm-hmm. um and i mean they they made that bat. They made double that just in the international market over the weekend. You know, um, which was the smaller of the cut. So, you know, it did incredibly well. Um, so, all right, let's do this. Let's go in the spoilers. Let's talk details. Okay. Yeah. This is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen it yet and you care, pause, watch it, come back, and we'll talk later. Yeah. I think the best way to separate this is to talk about each individual kid and their story because I feel like some kids were done so much better than some other kids. Hardcore agree. Nothing about, like, the actors themselves. They Mm -hmm. all had damn good acting, but uh, some of their stories were just better than others. Agreed. I will say, on that point, I think all of the acting in the movie was really strong. Mm -hmm. I do think that. I don't think anybody in there was a bad actor or delivered their lines poorly or anything like that. Yeah, nobody stood out as, like, the sore thumb. Especially Mm -hmm. considering the cast is mostly a bunch of kids and you know, kid acting is tough. They haven't had time to really learn. And these kids, I thought, all did a really good job. And there were some really powerful moments between some of them. Absolutely. 
The miniseries did not have that. I always thought Stan was kind of a really bad actor. (laughs) But, yeah, that's just me. But I do think there were some places in the miniseries where their stories were developed a little better. Yes, yes. Let's talk about that. So, my biggest problem with the entire movie is Mike Hanlon. So agree with you. Oh, my God. So, first of all... Are we in 2017? Can we not... Shunt the token black guy off to the side. Right? How angry am I about that? He so has angry. Such a great storyline in the book, and it's touched on in the miniseries where he's the keeper of he's the, the historian. Yeah, and he doesn't get that. No, they give it to uh, to Ben. Yeah, and that's that sucks so bad. They tried with his parents and his house burning down and him and losing his innocence and... by like killing sheep. But that was just sad. Right? Yeah. I, I didn't even was. understand what the point of that was yeah. in, the, in the context of the movie. Like, well, it, it teaches you what the gun yeah. is, I guess, if yeah. you don't know what that is. I'm going to get back to that, though, because it actually underlines my number one problem with the new version of the movie. But to, to your point about Mike, though, it was almost like they just... They had to make him an outcast for some reason. I was going to say he was the outsider. It's like, that's a little tropey. They're already the Losers Club. They're all supposed to be outsiders. But if you wanted to give Ben the reading thing too, which is cool. Two guys can like books. (laughs) It's okay. Why why wouldn't you have Mike and him meet in the library? That would have been interesting. I just, I don't even think it was, it's necessary because Ben is the new kid. He has the the love interest with Bev. Right, so Mike ha- Mike's the knowledge guy. He's right. the historian. You're taking the one thing away from him and giving it to the kid who already has two things. Yes, I agree. I, I felt Mike was terribly underused, and they kind of made him a bumbling idiot in some places. Yeah. And I felt that that was a disservice to the character and to the actor. Ben was ripped off because of it too, because he didn't get the whole like ghost of his father thing mm-hmm. since his father died in the military and. That would have been an interesting... Yeah. And and totally still could have been done in a timely manner. There, we've been in conflict still back in the 80s. There was still the opportunity for that Absolutely. to have happened. He could have died during the Vietnam War. Yeah. And, and yeah. he was like a baby. So. I, I think they took his historian thing a little too far. Like, it was impressive for an adult in the 21st century yeah. to have all of that information, right? But right. this is like an, you know, a 12-year-old kid figuring it out in the 80s. Well, so. and, 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 and plastering it all over his walls was a little on the serial killer side. You a little know? creepy. A little on the... Yeah. Yeah, um, Richie was right when he was like, no, not cool. Not cool <laughs> at all. Not good. Not cool. One of the few times Richie was, was right about something. Um, so I, I felt like they just exaggerated that a little too much. It was a little too convenient. Yeah. Because without that, then they never figure out anything. Yeah, the trope is, you know, as you know, Bob, as you know, Bob, blah, 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 blah. Here's this info dump, and it, it did become an as you know, Bob. Mm-hmm. Definitely. How'd you feel about Mike and Ben? Two things. Let's do this. One I don't know the difference between any of these kids after seeing the movie, like other than the the female, and I'll get into that well, later. Well, Mike's Beverly. the black kid, right? right. I got that ben from context clues, but I'm saying when you say the name, they could have all been any other kid, and it wouldn't have. I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference. The characters are not interesting to me, for the most part. Um, to touch on Derek's point about uh, the kid knowing everything, I think that was a huge problem with me for the whole movie. It suffered from Juno syndrome, where all these kids talk like adults, but they're kids, and they're, they. They have the knowledge, they have, you know, the, it didn't feel like, even the kid that was making uh, dick jokes the whole time was <laughs> like, these are not jokes that any of my friends would have made when I was 12 years old. They're obviously... You would have still been laughing about fart, ha ha ha. Yeah, right. exactly. Like, they were way too beyond what 
anybody was at 12, I think. And I think that everything was written that way for all the kids. I think, I think nowadays, and I think that's, I think that's a point. In the 80s, those kids wouldn't have been like, nowadays, you'd hear that kind of thing out of a 12-year-old, but you wouldn't have in the 80s. I mean, maybe, but the thing is, it is the knowledge. They wouldn't, but the kid that was super smart would not be able to rattle off all that stuff. Kids aren't smarter now than they were then. They're still the same age. The brains are still developing. I mean, sure, the internet, right? But I don't think that they would be, they would have the vocabulary of a 20 or or 25 year old um, adult at 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 age 12. And I just think most of them were. Yeah, it does make the acting that much more impressive because they delivered all the lines well. (laughs) Yeah, I think the writing was the problem. The acting, I had no problem with any of the kids, really. No, I I think that that's fair. I I think that in talking uh, about Richie here, I I think they took it a little too far. Way too far. Um, I get it, dude. You have a putty mouth. I get it. You're funny. You're the funny one. It was was disappointing from Finn Wolfhard, right? He's the kid from Stranger Things. It's so different from Mike in Stranger Things. He was my least favorite of the whole group because it was just so unbelievably stupid. I wanted him to shut up a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, and we know it's not the actor because we know how good yeah. he is in Stranger Things. He's he's fantastic yeah. in that. Yeah, he delivered all the lines really well. He delivered it like I would deliver it. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> I mean, and you know, will a twelve-year-old take a joke too far? Yes, I am, I'm the mother of an eighteen-year-old. But yeah, it, it it got okay. We get it. We get it. We get it. Yeah. So that I I will agree with your point on that. Anything else about Richie? Or I mean, that's the whole character. Is yeah. really that just was the, the, they just didn't develop him jokes very and, much. You know, yeah. He had nothing else. I, I, I did kind of like that he was afraid of clowns. Yes. Because that was kind of fun. Instead of that that was his fear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I've, because I've, kids kids don't like clowns generally, and that's a shame. I love clowns. hated clowns. So she yeah. really had that fear very yeah. strong as a child. And, and as, as, as did I. That's so. why it's a little weird that he was the only kid who's really afraid of clowns, and that, like, everybody had their own thing that they were afraid of, which was a little convenient way to have Pennywise look different to every kid. Yeah. Which... But I feel like that's just done to make it harder for them to figure out that they're seeing the same thing. Well, and which is I, a little convenient. And, and spoiler, I like that his fear wasn't really clowns. He said his fear was clowns, but it was really of being another one of the missing kids and being dead and being in the coffin. And yeah, that you was kind of interesting. So that was an interesting layer on a layer there. Yeah, I, did, I mean, I did like when they find his like his missing poster in the house. Oh, I, yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. That was well. That was a well done scene. Um, that's probably his best moment. I, guess, I, I think in the so. movie. that, and and when he grabs the baseball bat out of the pile and kind of steps up, like yeah, I, that was fun. Yeah, because yeah, he was ready to face that fear. Because that's the most like his Stranger Things character mm-hmm. he is the entire movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which they really we like. are. We like him as a hero in Stranger characters. Yeah, so. it's cool to see a twelve-year-old actor play two starkly different characters. Right. Because most of them don't get to do that. Yeah, so you don't want to get stuck in the typecasting. Harry Potter yeah. will always be Harry Potter. Absolutely. <laughs> um, some of the others I felt like Eddie and Stan kind of fade away a little bit for me. Yeah, like, Eddie forget... is the sick kid. Stan is the Jewish kid. Right, and that, that's all that they are. And I... So, Eddie as a whole, I think, is better in this one than he was in the miniseries. I yes. agree with that. I think the kid as a whole, just all around... He was good. He was so much more believing in his, like, invisible illness in this one. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. they didn't... I just wanted to go up to him and hug him and be like, you're not having asthmatic attacks. You're having panic attacks, sweetie. But his character is going to be a payoff thing here for me because 
in the 1990s one, uh, as an adult, he's still using the placebos. He knows they're not real, but he kind of uses them as a crutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a little disappointing to me because in the new one, I mean, he basically breaks through that barrier and tells off his mom and, yeah. and gets past that, which is a huge growth point. Yeah. And if they take that back in the yeah. sequel when he's an adult, that will be very disappointing. So in the book, instead of him still living with his mom, he's actually married to a woman who's just as controlling as his mom. Mm-hmm. And that becomes different because he's married. So obviously he's getting sex at some point. And there's the controlling factor. It's no longer the maternal, it's the sexual and that could be where they go right with Eddie as mm-hmm. an adult is by yeah. mentioning the uh, the wife, Myra. Yeah, well, and I was interested on rewatch of the miniseries, which I did last week as well, preparing for the movie. Um, his partner in the driving business, his yeah. limo partner. Yeah. You almost got the feeling like there was something more there. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't re- pick up on that as a kid. I missed that. Yeah, and 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 then there's that point where Stan's head is in the refrigerator. How's your love life? What's your love life? You know, and I'm wondering if that was the very soft 1990s way of dancing around. He's gay, but he's closeted, but he so he won't come out. Yeah, so he's just gonna live with his mom. I I suppose it's possible. I think it would be interesting to see if they play with that in the in the next chapter. That'd be very interesting. I'd be okay with it. Yeah, sure. The relationship between him and his mother was interesting in this one it was I, I really wish they hadn't played the fat lady for laughs I, I get a little tired of that as a as a, as a plus size girl you know but to me the mom in the miniseries is so much better she is yeah. so much more freaky and weird yeah it's and a totally different kind of freaky yeah it's almost like they played this one up to be a welfare queen or something yeah and absolutely I was like, oh, oh, that was a little tropey a little bit but we'll get to the adults because that's where the movie yeah, yeah, falls yeah. apart for i me, loved so. eddie the kid i hated eddie's mom I, I didn't enough. like her. Uh, Stan, on the other hand, he's... I can't even remember what he looks like. Yeah. Okay. He's, <laughs> he's the Jewish kid with the uncle. Right. And, and, and doing mean, the tour, curly hair, and yeah. his uh, rabbi's son, which you get to see, like, an inkling of his father's controllingness, and then that's never touched on again. It was a little weird for me because, you know, for those who don't listen to the show, right, I, I am from a Jewish background. And so, of course, the Jewish kid in town, his dad's the rabbi, mm-hmm. right? And he's fumbling through the Torah. Like, that it is, was just so bad. That is something oh, that they, they explain so well in the book that he's the only Jewish family. Right. And So there wouldn't be a synagogue. There wouldn't be a synagogue. Yeah, no, no rabbi. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, maybe his dad still would be a rabbi. But, but they would be traveling to a bigger like, town. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't be doing that in Derry. You can't be a rabbi who doesn't do mm-hmm. the stuff. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Last rabbi. That was just so weird for me. And then, you yeah. know. I wish they just would have had one throw throwaway line for Sam where he walks into his dad's study and he just says, man, that painting creeps me out. Yeah. Just so you knew, for years, this painting has freaked him out. And it's not just something new. That he just walks in there. Yeah, because that, that painting was freaky. Like, it yeah. was creepy. But and that's all you have to random. say. But it was very random. Like, is that supposed to be somebody from his old family who died that he knew? Yeah. Or, like, is there some other story there? Oh, I thought it's it was supposed to be, like, a Picasso-y type yeah, thing. And thought. I'm sure that's what it probably is. But in my head, I'm like, there must be some reason he's scared of it. Because otherwise, it's just a painting in a room that he doesn't go in that often. I mean, as long as he said, like, this has creeped me out for years. Or yeah. something like that. It would have fixed that something. whole... 
issue for me. Because... I've always hated that painting. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something. Well, there was, there's a lot of that, though, where a single line of exposition would have fixed parts of the movie for me mm-hmm. that the 90s, the 1990s series did. Mm-hmm. They just well, threw these lines in and it resolves all these problems. To me, they dropped the ball on Stan in the 90s one, too, because his fear embodied was the mummy and you have right. no explanation for that you have no idea that he hated horror films you just you just know he was the birds birding watching. birding boy scout yeah right. mm. so yeah that was a little Stan's the boy scout the thing weak, was, a, was a, a little thing too a weird thing as well because uh boy scouts and, and and jews usually we don't go hand in hand <laughs> especially in the past and especially in the 80s yeah. so i felt like that was a little weird that in the 90s one you know the the, the jewish kids also like a hardcore boy scout i find that difficult well but, but they really glossed over the fact that he was jewish they, yeah, yeah that's true they i did. mean like right. yeah they really did richie like pats him on the back and he's like he's a jew yeah, and that's, that's it, it. But yeah. that's, it. Yeah. that's fair Damn you, Seth Green. <laughs> um, so, I mean, then, of course, you've got uh, Bev and Billy, which are our main two characters. Yeah. Uh, Billy is fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, he delivers the stutters really well, which is a, a difficult thing much to do. Much better than much Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, and as much as I love me some Jonathan Brandis. Uh, what? I was that age. He was a heartthrob back then. You're going to have to. Yeah, I, mean, I saw sidekicks, too. I know. <laughs> You know Chuck Norris and but uh, but J- Jaden's a good example of, of you know of how these kids are good actors and they did well with what they were given. You know he stutters really believably. Yeah, you know it he is does very... it really well. Um, but Bill for me was so much better in this version because his obsession with Georgie was so much more intense and that's how it felt like when I was reading the book is that this guy had a one track mind and they did play it out better with the with the hamster tubes yeah, and the, yeah, and the maps cool. those were very it really did let you get into his head a little bit and I did like that I did like the idea that he's been looking for his brother this whole time um, because the, the the 90s one doesn't do a great job of explaining how much time has passed. Right. And it feels like they just kind of like, yeah, my brother died. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, right. And they've <laughs> moved on, right? But yeah, in the new one, it's very much, he's obsessed with this to the point yeah. of, you know, his dad telling him, you got to stop. And you know, it's been a whole year, like, because they flat out just say it. That a little yeah. bit of exposition is, is really good to have because in the miniseries, they did not. Yeah. It is, but it confuses the timeline for me a little bit because the whole premise of this Pennywise demon creature is that it comes out every, you know, 27 slash 30 years. And for how long is it out? And then when does the clock start back over? I'm not sure when. I don't remember if they said exactly when Denny died, but we know that, you know, most of the activity picks up at the end of the school year, beginning of the summer. Mm -hmm. And we know that um, Henry Bowers says, you know, your brother died this year, so you get a pass, but that's done. So... I kind of assumed that it was like maybe fall of the year before or, 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 you know, or early spring when it hadn't been this long. I don't know, honestly. It's it's kind of like gremlin rules, right? Don't feed them after midnight. What time zone? Right. Right. It's kind of, it kind of uh, has that type of issue. The book is so much more fluid with this because they flat out say that it, it occurs in between 27 to 30 years in the book because hunger doesn't have like a timeline. Right. He just it's gets not, hungry and it's he not comes ding, out. Ding, it's 28 years. I need a snack. Right. And sometimes he stays out for like a year and sometimes it's 16 months. And, you know, yeah, so that's, the movie does not do a I mean, good it depends job. depends on how many kids he gets to eat. Does that really well? Both, right. both picks a time frame. I think the new one was 27 and the 1991 was 30 years. Mm, yes. And they just, they, sh- they share other dates that correspond with that bracket. So yeah. they don't have 
any inconsistencies in right. their own. They changed it to 27 because it's now been, it's been 27, 27 years, years since, since it came out. Which I would have appreciated if it existed in the same timeline. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If it actually was 27 years later, but it's not. So they just changed it because it's cute yeah. to change it, and that doesn't work for me. So <laughs> cute. Storytelling doesn't work for it you? It does if it's a cute movie. But this is a horror movie, so if you're going to change a date that has to do with this mythical character, then there has to be an in-universe reason, and just because it's convenient to say, doesn't work for me. I get that. So. It, that makes sense. What about Beverly? Adored her. She was my favorite. Definitely. Hardcore. Strongest arc. I mean, she's really the only one who gets any significant development. Yeah. Um, I felt her smoking thing kind of bothered me a bit, because it kept throwing off how old she was supposed to be. Um, but that is a thing that kids do is try to sneak a cigarette and things like that. But she was like really good at it. Like she smokes every day. Well, she was also the one from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. In a town that doesn't, doesn't even have tracks. Like, yeah. I well, mean, you know, I mean, but yeah, it was, it was known that she was the town slut and right. she was, the, she was the bad girl. She and, was poor. And, but that, yeah. that's the thing. Like it was every stereotypical archetype for that kind of character they could shoehorn into the movie. She, the smoking didn't do anything for her character. If she didn't smoke, I'd still feel the same about her. So yeah. the smoking was just a weird But that's my point, habit. though. Right? Is that it doesn't do anything to add to the character. All it did for me was be like, how is she the only one who's able to sneak cigarettes in this tiny town? Is she tricking the pharmacist every couple of days? Yeah, she's probably <laughs> stealing from her dad or... See, yeah, I don't know, though. That older guys... relationship like that, would she really risk it? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Really? Well, I think the thing is, you know, she is, uh, more than any of the others, she is the coming-of-age story. She is the one who is caught on the cusp between childhood and womanhood. Yeah. yeah. And she is trying to find her balance through the whole movie. You know, in one minute, yes, yeah, she's daddy's little girl. In one minute, no, she is not daddy's little girl anymore. In one minute, she's flirting with a pharmacist. In the other minute, she just wants to go swimming with boys and have it be all innocent. You know? So she's very much... Treading water in a way that I think more so than any of the other characters. That's definitely true, Ryan. What do you think? Um, she was my fa- she was the best part of the movie for me. Um, I mean, yes, her character was tropey, you know, with the smoking, bad girl smoking, and like the <laughs> oh, I got to cut my hair, just like the girl in Power Rangers. You know, it's like well, like, I think she did that for a very different reason. It was for okay. <laughs> maybe so, but it, it came that across to me, me yeah. for as kind of like just a thing that's been happening in movies a lot lately, and okay. It's, it, it's yeah, so the woman cuts off her hair to be, or the girl cuts off her hair to become a woman is definitely a trope that is used. I thought it was actually used well in this with the whole dad touching Maybe her hair, so. with the whole that being what Ben admired of her. Your hair is uh, fi- fire, fire, January yeah. embers. You know, the whole thing was she's not ready for that. Yeah. Sure. I'm glad that worked for you. For me, it just it was That's watered fair. down because it's been doing happening in all these other movies That's and fair. it really had no meaning to me because of that. If it had been done, done well, in other movies or not been abused yeah. in other movies, it maybe would have been Have you ever cut or dyed your hair after a big breakup? Yep. Yeah, me too. Just saying, it's a woman thing? No, no, no. I, sure. So we need to see it in every movie that has a woman. And right? Right. A teenage I mean, when woman. When there's only one woman. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and that, so that's that's part of my problem, I think, with the, the story as a whole, is that they have this group of kids, and it, it has to have, like, all... It's, it's almost like the Power Rangers, where they have to have these stereotypes to fit in there, right? So there's the one girl... There's the one person of color, there's the overweight kid, there's the Jewish kid, there's the kid who's, you know, germaphobic and sick all the time, right? Like, there's all these, like, they're all stereotypes. There's there's the not leader. Just, yeah, there's no, no kid is just, like, the normal kid. Well, that if they were normal, they wouldn't be the Losers Club. I mean, I don't know about that. Like, well, <laughs> they're just the outcasts because they're young and, the, and then people get, they get beat up by the older kids, which like, is a separate didn't problem. didn't you fit but... into some stereotypes says high school or something? Well, I am the Jewish kid, right? So I'm not the best example I of that. I was the girl. But, but the thing is, though, is that that's, like, every friend group is not really balanced that way, and it felt a little forced at times. I don't know. I think Bill, Richie, Eddie, and Stan had a lot in common and they could have been you know replaced or you know if one decided they weren't going to hang out anymore then yeah yeah i i don't know they were just kind of swappable for me at times yeah like the the red and green ranger i know (laughs) it's like the red and the green ranger right it's the two regular white guys you can swap them out right like that's that's my point though is that all the the other characters can't be swapped out because they're specifically a, a stereotype they're a physical stereotype um, not necessarily physical because you got the Jewish kid. I mean, that's not a physical thing. Well, but... no, I included him in that because. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. I, the I would four not... white kids that open the film, white like, brunette me, kids. Yeah. But There's... he's not just the Jewish kid. He's the Jewish kid getting ready for his bar mitzvah for his rabbi dad. Like that's my point. You know what I mean? Everything. All his character is. It's is trope and trope then. The Jewish kid. Trope and then. Yeah. yeah. He's the Jewish kid. If you take yeah. that out, then he literally has no background information at all. That's true. I think that's why he's the weakest character. <laughs> but he doesn't. He's reluctant to believe everybody. He is reluctant to give into this because he's scared out of his mind. He doesn't want to help. He, like, he's the one that doesn't want well, to commit no, to coming um, back. I mean, Richie's like that too. Yeah. Yeah, but Richie always steps up. You know, he's going. Richie to. was also the angry about it. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't literally, you know. They're not literally the exact same character, but. At least he didn't say that's empirically impossible. Oh, man, so that's from the 1991. I hated every time he said that because that makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Empirically proven, maybe, is a a term. Empirically possible, that's that's a weird one. But, um, (laughs) no, I I, I just felt like they... And, and, you know, I, I haven't read the original book, so if it's written like that in the original book, then the movies don't have as much of a choice on that. I just felt like it was very forced to have these characters this way. Yeah. That's all. So what you do know. you guys think of Henry Bowers and the Bowers gang? He was... I liked he him was, better in the miniseries. Oh, yeah? Yeah, me too. Honestly, wow. I he felt like he was more developed, yeah. He was more believable the whole, in the miniseries. The whole bad kid who happens to be the cop's son... Um, was a little another trope, though, right? Tough, yeah. Right, like, yeah. and this and, leads uh, into and my... not just cop, but dick cop. Right. Yeah. This leads into my problem with my main problem with the movie, which is anybody older than the Losers Club are all the worst, most terrible people imaginable, and the 2017 movie does not explain that in any way. Yeah, they do talk about it better, I think, in the miniseries. They talk about how yes. the town is poisoned. They talk the... about it a little bit in the movie, a little bit. When? 
Because in the, in the 1990 one, they do. They have some throwaway lines in there that, that just, they explain like, that. And, it, and you can get over it at that point. Cause they're like, no, there was somewhere where someone was being beaten and they just walked, the guy just turned around and walked away. Well, right. But yeah. all that does is show that they're all a bunch of terrible, terrible people. people. It doesn't explain why they're yeah, all terrible. Yeah, why they're all terrible people. So right? that comes to my biggest issue with the entire film. And that's Derry is not a character. And in the book, Derry is a character. It is a city that, because of Pennywise's presence for millions of years, has been completely poisoned. Like, everything about it. it yeah. You grow up, you forget, you're complacent, you're an asshole to everybody. You're just a horrible person. You either person. get out or you die there, and you're yeah. a horrible person when you do. Um, but that's, that's my big problem. In, in the 1991, they do have a couple of throwaway lines that explain that, like, you know, if if you if you leave, everybody starts to forget because they do the back and forth that the new one doesn't have, um, and that the people there are poisoned and they become bad because mm-hmm. of it, and all those types of things that the new movie completely skips. And so if you if you went into it cold like I did, I hadn't seen the 1991 yet, I had never read the book. All I see is a bunch of adults who are just truly awful people, and they, they push it a little too far. So like if you talk about you know Bowers for a second with Ben, that scene on the fence where he cuts his stomach, right? In the 1991, he's about to, and then they end that scene and Ben kicks off and falls down right. the, the thing, right? So you can talk about whether or not he was really going to do it, but you don't really know. And in the new one, he literally slices an H in this kid's stomach. That is and just, a car drives by. And doesn't do anything. And just kind of goes like, oh, well, that's not good. Without any explanation. With a red balloon in the back. Which is how you know Pennywise is influencing that. Well, see, that just means Pennywise is there. In the, the book, movie doesn't do anything to explain that he can influence other people. In the book, Pennywise influences Henry Bowers the most. Yeah. And that's that's the issue here. Because I feel like they included all the horrible things in this one that Henry Bowers does. Like the H. Like uh, breaking... Or no... He broke Eddie's arm in the first in the book, mm-hmm. not Pennywise. Pennywise, Pennywise did it in this movie. Yeah, but Eddie still got his arm broken, and mm-hmm. he killed his father in this one, where he did not kill his father in the 1990s one. And uh, yeah. well, you don't, you don't even really get book. to see his father in the 1991. Yeah. Right. He did in the book with Pennywise's help with the switch. Yeah, it's switch and, yeah. and again, like that's my. I'm not necessarily saying that what they did in the movie isn't what was in the book. My point is that they left enough stuff out that if you didn't know the other two incarnations, Mm -hmm. these things don't make sense. And because it's not a sequel, it's, they're calling it a readaptation. Now, we're not going to use the term redo at this point for anything that has been done before that they're doing again, because I don't want to argue semantics. But it's a readaptation of the book, which means that it's based on the book. But if you leave that stuff out, then people like me don't understand it, right? Mm -hmm. So you have this movie where literally everybody older than these kids are awful, terrible people. Every single one of them. The librarian wasn't horrible. No, the librarian was actually... You're right, the librarian's not. You're right, my bad. Uh, But everybody else is really terrible to everybody, right? And there's no explanation for that. And, you know, the point about the balloon in the car is that, yeah, Pennywise is there. He's watching it, taunting the kids, but... It's never explained that he can influence anybody, yeah. right? Because it's not done in the movie. It's why you know, he, can he only influence kids after the age of fifteen? Like, what's the cutoff for that? He can influence Bowers after but midnight, but in right? terms of like, he, can't, he can't influence any of the losers. I don't know, club. Maybe because Bowers was already like prone to be a dick that. Pennywise just felt like using him as an instrument for evil. Well, and that's fine. Yeah, right? but, but then later, when be... the kids are getting close to actually defeating him. Can he not use his powers against the kids that young? 
know. Right? Like, so it's just, it doesn't work for me in a, in a bubble. And you have to keep the movie in a bubble because it's the only one of its series. Yeah. Right? And so that, that was confusing for me. Now, the 1991 fills in some of those gaps. But the adults aren't all jerks. Yeah. Right? The cop in the 1991 is a nice guy. He, yeah. He's telling the kids, hey, be careful. Stay together in a group. He doesn't bust them for making the dam or anything right. like that. <laughs> the token Irish guy in Derry. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. But he is, he's a nice guy, right? Um, and there are still creepers, right? The, the mm-hmm. you know, but the pharmacist is a nice guy yeah. in the 1991. He's trying to help Eddie and explain that his mom is lying to him. But in the new well, one, he's, he's a, Clark Kent. In the new one, he's a pedophile. He's like, a totally horrible yeah, person. Yeah. So that's what lost it for me was mm-hmm. that this town is just truly terrible, and there's no explanation for it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a chance that the sequel, which supposedly will take place when these kids are all adults, will answer all of that retroactively. And I don't know if that's their intent before the movie came out, or if that will be their intent because of people like me. But yeah, it may have been that at this point, since we're seeing it through the children's eyes, we don't know that they're horrible because they don't know anything else. But we get to see stuff that the kids don't see. I know, but I'm just, you know, so that's all I just, if you're going to, if you want Pennywise to be more than just the one thing, if you want him to infect the entire town, you just need one line of dialogue to do it. And they did it in the 1991. Yeah. So that's my big hang up. I wish there had been, and this is so randomly off the, but like, here we are, we're looking at this woodcut from the 1800s of these town founding fathers, and there's a clown in there, and no one seems concerned by that. Why is that? Why is no one concerned by that? I loved, just completely also off the rails, but I loved how the the, the Pennywise, the dancing clown stage underneath, it's like, was he telling the truth? Was the circus really blown down into the sewers? Who knows? How did that get there? What the hell is that about? He didn't look too happy about dancing. I'm not really sure. Now, I will say, I actually thought that the lair, so to speak, in the 1991 was more believable than the lair in the new one. Oh, it wasn't believable, but it was cool in the new one. (laughs) It was well done. I don't know why the floating people, though. Well, because the whole, we all float float down down here. here. But here's my question, though. Where are they? That that is so tall that all these kids are missing and no one has looked in there. Now, again, in a bubble of just the movie, right? Some kind of catacombs down in the well. And is Pennywise building that thing himself like on a yes. Tuesday he's just like I'm gonna put this here and like like that just didn't work for me he's at just all. piling stuff up like, I don't know I like but the I thought it was cool. Betty's legs go here right? Georgie's arm goes here it just seemed too weird like the clown car was cool because yeah he's playing Pennywise the dancing clown right yes. so I like that aspect but everything above literally everything above, above it that didn't work for yeah me. <laughs> I thought that part was kind of weird I admit but I was I was excited to see the the Pennywise stage and it, it had this beautiful historical feeling to yeah. it that I did like very vaudeville yes Ryan you've been quiet just been letting everybody talk what um, do you think uh, so going back to uh, Henry Bowers yeah um, that character was completely unbelievable like why would anybody follow a, an obvious psychotic like it, the kid was not a normal bully like just beyond any normal reasonable bully as reasonable as a bully can be mm-hmm. like there was that was not believable to me anybody that's going to sit there and carve another kid his friends are not going to be like okay this is all right i'm going to keep hanging with this guy no. No. no, 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 yeah, he was, he was, he was off the rails, uh, and also they killed him off. Yeah, but yet he's supposed to play such a huge role uh, in this in the adult I guess side. He's not now, 
Um, but beyond or that, is he really to, dead? to touch on your point, Derek, uh, that that wasn't just the, the the adults being poisoned or whatever wasn't the only thing that people ha- have read the books would pick up on, and people that haven't yeah. would. No, there's a lot more. Which is a problem for me too. I went in the movie. I never read the books. I never watched the miniseries. I went in with somebody who had read the book and was a fan of the miniseries. Owns it on Blu-ray or something, and uh, and it is available. I just bought it on Blu-ray so I can make Ryan watch it. You know, we went to dinner after that, and I had to ask questions. For example, at the end, they there's like one line that says, "I'm already forgetting stuff." I mean, I didn't know that literally as adults they're going to forget everything. Like, that that line seemed pointless to me. To somebody that's read the book and, and seen the miniseries, that they know that yeah. they forget as soon as they leave Derry. It's almost like that was their attempt to explain why the adults don't care what's going on, but it was way too little too late by that point. Yeah, and that was a big one. There was a lot in that little ending scene that was just, for somebody that hasn't read the book or seen the miniseries, I have no idea what's going on or why this is happening. Um. Yeah, that was that was a big problem for me. I, I didn't enjoy that part of it. The timeline bothered me too. I don't know if it bothered anybody. Else. I know you mentioned it earlier, but like they were it was supposed to take place in the eighties, but like all these kids are riding around fifties bikes, and you know it's like it's just a very ambiguous thing. In the eighties, not everybody rode around fifties bikes. It, it, I'm a little sad Doc Rev isn't watching because Eddie wore a Christine shirt for <laughs> yeah, uh, quite a few scenes. I, I thought that. he'd that's like funny. that. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean... The, they made it the 80s so they can make, you know, the... A New Kids one... on the Block reference, like, twice. That was completely <laughs> out of place. I mean, uh, well, Stranger I Things think it's because significantly better. They wanted to have the adult one be modern day. Yeah. Because sure. it makes things easier on them, for one. And two, with, with King that was logic? at his uh, height, his peak in the 80s, so they mm-hmm. could have all these other King references. And yeah. the, thing, the thing is, if they, want it, if they want the sequel to be present day, then this one should have taken place in 1990 or 1991. Well, it took place se- in 88 and 89. Yeah, right, it's but close the, enough. Well, but see... <laughs> 27 to 30-ish! Again, this is like... when mo- it, it's, the same, it's the same problem that I had in Spider-Man Homecoming. If you're going to give me dates, I'm going to hold you to those dates. You don't have to give me dates. Was there anything, <laughs> was there anything in the movie other than the uh, the new kids on the block and the, the literal date on screen that would have told you that it was an 80s movie, really? Street I mean, Fighter. I mean, the video games. Fighter. There's yeah. like a couple random things, but I'm talking uh, about the, like the general le- environment. Lethal Weapon no, 2 on the marquee. That's the thing that there's only the pop culture Batman. references. Yeah. yeah, like the, the actual, actual aesthetics. Yeah, the aesthetics, the people, yes. the clothing even was not really very 80s. I, I mean, do, other I, than I, yeah, except for the pharmacist's daughter. She oh, was she's side so ponytail and that neon. His, she yeah. was his daughter? Yeah. Like overly, okay. overly 80s. But exactly. nobody Which else makes the way he was treating Beverly even creepier. It makes that even weirder, yeah. So I didn't realize. Like, I wasn't sure why she was there. I thought maybe she was waiting for a prescription or no. something. No, she was behind she the counter. She's his daughter. This whole time we haven't really talked about Pennywise at all. Well, that's why, yeah. we're gonna, All right, so let's we'll, talk we'll about him. Because so I, really I, I just want to throw this out there. Tim Curry is one of my all-time favorite actors. And this is probably my least favorite role of his when he did the 1991. That's okay. So for those who really love that, I'm sorry. I love... You're allowed to like what you like and not like what you like and I'm allowed to like what I like and vice versa. I thought he was amazing in Clue. Agreed. And Legends. Yes. And of course Rocky Horror. Yes. But um, I really thought that uh, Skarsgård did an amazing job as Pennywise. I completely agree. Yep. I think that Skarsgård was not trying to be his version of Tim Curry doing Pennywise. Scarred was his completely own version of Pennywise. Yes. Which was smart. And it was beautiful. Yes. 
and, and the costuming so with the big ruff and oh so even so the makeup good. And the make the makeup Ooh. very very good i think he's the best part of the movie yeah um, oh yeah so the opening sequence everything up until georgie dies I absolutely love that opening. I, the moment when his arm gets ripped off, Actually my jaw literally jumped. The severing of the arm is pretty intense. And the blood I did not think they were going to do that. Like the kid, like crawling away, like yeah, was like, and that the was blood go. It was hardcore. Because again, I, and, I, and again, that was the the, the lady. She kind of didn't follow up on the fact that there was you know blood in the street. Yeah. You know, the cat was more concerned than she was. Yeah. Well, and again, since I hadn't seen the original the nineteen ninety one or read the book, I assumed just based on movies I had seen that Georgie was just going to get pulled in the drain. That was going to be the end of it, right? Uh, but no, like, that is so cool that they did that. Like, I think that's a risk. That yeah. they ripped a like eight year old, six year old kid's arm off in the yeah. street, right? And then after that, that is, is you know, what happens in the book. They flat just, out yeah, say yeah, that they like they find the uh, the well, raincoat. The they say it in the nineteen nineties, yeah. but they don't show it. Uh, but anyway, so like he Pennywise is great. I mm-hmm. thought he Scarsgard did an amazing job. I thought he looked really good. Oh, the thing with, that he can do with his eyes. Did you know that that's. Bill yeah, was actually doing that. I read up on that. That's really? not CGI. They're like, oh, we're going to do your eyes. We're going to CGI him to look in different directions. He's like, oh, no, I can do that. Blurp. That's got to be weird. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like a chameleon. Most people can control all six pairs of muscles in their eyes to move parallel at the same time. Yeah. Some people get really crazy and they can control them. My uh, eighth grade science teacher had a car accident and he split his head open and after that he could do it. Well, <laughs> seems like a risky maneuver just for a cool talent show trick, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought Pennywise and, and uh, Skarsgård did, I thought he was great. I thought the way they used him was all right. I mean, they they went with all the, the modern horror tropes. The guy that moves really fast and jerky, like from the Japanese movies mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like, okay, that's not scary anymore. Any of the jump scares... 99% of them for me were like, okay, I know there's a jump scare coming. It's not scary. The, the only one that got me was when they were doing the slideshow and he like got huge. That I was yeah. not expecting. I do at all. like the slideshow. That was cool. Scene. That was but cool. um slideshow. yeah, the whole scene actually was pretty good. I'll give yeah. it that. I really did like that scene. It's definitely but, better than the nineteen ninety version of that where they're in the photo album. Yeah. yeah. This one was better. The yeah. like the scene with uh Georgie in the in the cellar, you know. Yeah. That that was good for me. I was I thought it was sufficiently creepy when the kids started screaming and yeah. getting yeah. angry. Yeah, that but was then when, cooler like, than the doing this super fast thing for like the third dime it's yeah, okay yeah, it's we get it you can move that fast unless a kid takes two steps back and you can't catch him then you know it like that's his power set was very ill yeah, they can't catch him because plot <laughs> yeah it, which is a problem because if well, if you're having to rely on stupid stuff like that then your plot isn't very strong you well, know? it's just like or the final fight i mean strong. the kids literally beat him up yeah yeah which i mean i get that it's the whole like they're not afraid of him thing and he right. feeds off of fear I de- the movie does explain that right yeah. but you know, he's been feeding. He's been awake and he's been feeding. So it's been like 15 minutes and he's lost all of his power. I also didn't think that it was explained very well how, like, if the kids believe something is happening, then it happens. Yeah. Like, in the original, it was like the the battery acid in the inhaler, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In this one, you don't really see that no. until the kid pulls the thing and he's like, it's not loaded. And he shoots him and then he's magically injured. I, For me, I didn't connect that. The yeah. kids believed it's loaded because so, one of them didn't believe it was loaded. Just you the know? kid firing Right, it, yeah, apparently that's all it takes. I don't know. That was There was again. a lot of inconsistency there, yeah. and that that's what bothered me a lot. Because I know that the in the big multiverse of Stephen King, 
Pennywise is supposed to be one of the big bads. Yeah. But like six little kids were able to literally beat him up with sticks. So I like the end fight here because I thought it was more deserved. I thought the kids really had to overcome the spear and, you know, because a lot of them wanted to bail. When when Bill gave him permission to bail and Pennywise gave him permission to bail, I, I thought Stan and Richie were going to bail at least. And, at least Stan for sure. Yeah. Was, that's definitely his character. He's he the chicken. He's face. the one who wants out. Yeah. Yeah. And he got eaten by the painting lady. And then, uh, to your point, I completely agree. They did not mention at all that if there's power in belief and if the kids believed it, they were, they were good. Because I, one of my favorite lines in the old one was Richie, like, covering his eyes and being like, I believe in Santa Claus. I believe in the Tooth Fairy. Like, that was I a don't fun, believe in you. Yeah, yeah. It's just a fun line. So I, I truly wish that they yeah. would have done that. But I it do, would have made it a lot more interesting. The whole climax yeah. a lot more yeah. interesting. Yeah. It, could have, it could have gone a little further with that and made it All of a sudden, they're all Green Lanterns. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe not that far. But they could have definitely been more creative with it. I do think as well that they could have gone, like, because they, they went pretty far in this movie. They rip off Georgie's arm. They cut the H in Ben's stomach. Yeah. But at the end, they had an opportunity to really make the audience believe that he had shot Georgie in the head. And they they solve that really quick and show that it's actually Pennywise really quick. Yeah, and when he transforms, he does the quicky thing. It's yeah. like, come on, okay, guys, we get it. You could have taken a, a breath, taken you a minute, let the there. kids think that they had actually killed Georgie for a minute. Let Bill, like, second-guess himself right? and, like, have that moment of... What have I actually done here? Because you've been building up all of this stuff. The violence yeah. has been pretty And that intense. scene between them was so intense. I just want to go home. And I'm like, right? I mean, my heart's bleeding for yeah. him. And yeah. Part of I mean, me. The payoff could have been a little stronger there. I mean, especially given the two examples. And plus, you know, they, they, they kill off Bev's dad. Like, there's a lot of violence in this movie. That would have been a good oh, example. Henry Bauer's dad. Well, that's, yeah, that too, right? But they didn't. They, they, sold, they stopped short on that one. The one that really would have furthered the plot. Mm-hmm. Right, because the, the, the actually cutting of the H in Ben's stomach doesn't further the plot any more than the 1991 where it doesn't quite yeah. happen, right? But um, I think this that would have made the ending a lot more serious. I gotta say, I just, I hated the silver slingshot thing. Cause uh, I, oh, from the movie yeah. series, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> that's way more plausible for kids to think like oh no silver's Silver. gonna kill it because of werewolves like, and yeah but seriously that the whole like we have to battle this guy because the the difference is tim curry had about 12 minutes of screen time in a three-hour film yeah penny scars guard like he tormented those kids multiple times it wasn't just like oh i saw him once it was no, this dude is in my psyche. He is screwing with me for. I've spent four hours cleaning months. blood up out of my yeah. Bathroom. I mean, the 2017 movie definitely you know ratches up all the violence, all of the special effects, everything compared to the 1990s one. Yeah. Right? In the 1991, there's some blood in the sink in the mirror, yeah. but in this one, and that is the difference the between a TV miniseries it. versus a rated R movie, right? I mean, you know, 35 million dollars will get you a lot of Sam Raimi blood, right? Yeah. I mean, we've all seen his movies, so. You know, they, and they use that, and I think that that worked because it makes it that much more, you know, crazy and intense what's going on. Um, but I don't know. I, I agree with Ryan that they still used a lot of like that fast movement stuff and the and the very stereotypical horror things. It, it even tricked me one time in just not doing what I thought they were going to do, which is when they're entering the house for that that last time when they all go in together. And was it um, who was the last one to enter? Was it Stan? Stan, because right? Henry is. 
Right there. Yeah. So Stan standing in a way where it almost, I don't know if it was just my eyes or not, but it looked like the outside was a green screen. Mm. Okay, and I was like, oh, so he's going to get killed right here at the entrance to the house. And that they didn't do that. But it felt like the movie has done those kinds of things. Yeah. And that, I don't like being able to, to guess that kind of stuff. And that was the only one you were probably wrong on. It was the only one I was wrong on. Yeah, you were predictable. Because they still do this stuff where, like, all right, guys, we're all going to stay together. And immediately one of them leaves. Right? (laughs) You know, like... Stan gets separated because Pennywise gets in his head. And then Bill just runs off after Georgie. So, you know, it's... Bill is the one that deserves... separated because he thought he heard someone. Yeah. Yeah. But still, you know, it's the everybody stay together thing. And he doesn't even try and get the attention of anybody else. He just... Poof. You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think production-wise, it was really well done. I think the acting is really well done, special effects, um, but it's got some issues. Are you going to see the sequel? I have to, because I need to know if they're going to resolve a lot of these problems, because they have the ability to. I'm not saying that it excuses leaving stuff out of this one, but it will make the combination better. It is a unique opportunity, because it's not just a sequel, it's... It's a connection. Like, I almost wish they would have filmed them back-to-back so that they could release, like, six months apart. Like the Matrix mm-hmm. movies or Harry Potter or yeah. something. I, I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity because the 1991 has the back-and-forth, and it's... Structurally, I like the 1991 yes. much better. Yeah. It was an easier way to explain a lot of the things that were left out. But, yeah, they can't do a three-and-a-half-hour-long movie or however long that yeah, miniseries yeah. was, obviously. so No, but I think that they could have still done flashbacks and made it a two-parter. Yeah. Right? Well, they could have, yeah, resolved the whole kid's plot line with still having a few adult flashbacks yeah. and then resolve the adult plot line in the exactly. second one and leave it kind of hanging as a to-be-continued. But now they have they have the Harry Potter problem where these kids are all growing up very quickly. And they they have haven't even... include s- them still. They want to do flashbacks with these kids and unless they're going, going to use existing footage, there's no script yet. They have not started production yet. These kids are going to look older in those flashbacks. All of them. Yeah, you know, if they don't start filming tomorrow. Because <laughs> you know? puberty is vicious, yeah. Right? Like, and, you know, that's a big deal because... In today's universe, in today's movie universe where all this stuff is tied together, I don't feel like it would have been a difficult sell. Because they want to do a Dark Tower miniseries, but they right. couldn't have pitched doing this for it. Yeah. So like, I, I feel... Hey, we want to film two movies pretty much back to back, and yeah, this is why. Like, oh, because of right. time and age? Okay, that Speaking works. Speaking of Dark Tower, here's I, I'm wondering if we're going to find out. More how they can has everyone here seen the Dark Tower? I don't want to. Yeah, throw we did a whole episode of the okay. Dark Tower. Yeah. You guys so you can go s- check that out. So you saw the the penny the call to Pennywise in the Dark Tower, yes. right? In the in the amusement park, there's a big oh, arch yeah. that says Pennywise. Right. Yeah. I yeah, wonder that when he watched the movie, we yeah. told him about it. Yeah. I remember yeah. you guys mentioning it. Now, I so I'm wondering if that. there will be a a deeper connection if we're going to find out how Pennywise because there's not going to be a, a they don't need to make another pulls Dark, into Tower. The Dark Tower movie. No, but they're supposed to do the TV show so I don't know but I just I'll, it'll be interesting to see if they the if they way to connect it is the giant stupid turtle that I hate so much is it the one they stepped on in the creek no no okay so they talk about the turtle a couple times so, there's the Lego the turtle, turtle couldn't save us. and yeah. yeah so in the book there's an opposite of Pennywise, who's also a superior being who got here millions of years ago, and he burped up our world. It's not on the back like the Native Americans believed. It's he burped no, up. It's not a Discworld thing. Our world, and he's like the turtle created us, and he's the opposite of Pennywise. And the turtle and drugs teach the kids how to do the ritual of Chud, and 
they defeat Pennywise that way. And it's awful. Oh, wow. I yes. definitely want to see the sequel now. <laughs> <laughs> you had me a turtle burped up our world. <laughs> if there, uh, if, if nothing was, like a little turtle spew to get a thing going. By a rat, it's going to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If there's, four, if there's four turtles, it's even better. Does he have any brothers? Right. <laughs> Who knows? You'll just have to watch to find out. But for the record, this was the first book his publisher said you do not need an editor for, and that's why it's 1,100 pages of weird. No, yeah. I think everybody needs an editor. Everyone yes, needs, everyone an, editor. needs an editor. And even J.K. Stephen Rowling King, still has an editor. Stephen King, <laughs> Stephen King will say that in his own book on writing. You know, he'll he'll be the first one to say, "Kill your darlings." Yeah. You have to. The, this he this little a huge lesson from it. This little piece that you love, put it in a file and go back and pet it gently. But it doesn't have to be in this book. Yeah. Any final thoughts on it before we talk about something special we have coming up? B minus. Yeah, let's grade it. Of course, we do our grades. B minus, B minus from B-. Ray. I'll give it a solid B. Let's see. So I'm gonna. I'm actually giving it the lower one. Going with a C minus. Wow, I didn't give it the lowest. So, um, yeah, C minus for me. Does some things really well. Does some things really. I actually poorly. thought the direction was really so, good. I didn't mention that the director. Direction, like, there cinematography. There's some beautiful cinematography. Yeah, beautiful shots. Um, so I thought that was good. I just thought everything else. And you may or may not enjoy seeing it in the MX4D theater. Oh, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> So real quick, the smell is offensive. So three of us, uh, Amber, Ray, and I, along with a couple other people, saw it in 4D at a B and B theater. Uh, 4D, for those who don't know, is D box, which are the moving seats, plus things like shooting water and smell and strobe lights for lightning, tickling you and poking you and poking your butt. I was punched in the butt. That was not a poke. That was a punch uh, in the butt. If you ever have been to any of the Disney parks and you went on like the Lilo and Stitch ride or before that when it was the alien one that was really cool, it's that kind of thing. Universal Studios had the um, uh, Spider-Man ride, which was fantastic like that. Um, I will say my favorite part of that type of feature was definitely how it handled lightning. It did strobe lights inside the theater timed with the movie because it's like an extra track, right? And I thought that was a really immersive experience. As someone who wears glasses, the spraying water was very annoying, and I ended up covering the jet with my hands after the second time. Yeah. And I I also thought... Ray may have tried to make shields out of napkins. There there may have been giggling. It did not work. But it was hilarious when it blew everything (laughs) It was not hilarious. It was hilarious. Um, Personally, the smell was interesting. The fact that they could do smells was interesting, but I feel like it was misplaced in this movie because you have that yeah. opening scene, you know, with with uh, Pennywise and Georgie, and he's talking about cotton candy and hot dogs and popcorn. They don't use the smells for any of those things. I wonder if it's because that wasn't real. Like it's ta- they're talking about it, but it's but, not but actually jo- happening. But Georgie's supposed to be able no, to smell that's it, true. right? Yeah. So but instead, the first smell you get is Belcher burping in a kid's face. And cars, right? And like, the musty smell of the leaves. They yeah. both smell the same. It was, <laughs> it was burning rubber and farts. Like that was the only smell in my nose. I have, I have a teenage boy in my house. That's not too wrong, actually. So, <laughs> so that was a little disappointing when they they had an opportunity to really show off that technology, yeah. and they they didn't. Yeah. So I don't know. I smelled oh. popcorn. 
Well, it's because Ian was was eating popcorn next to you. It could be because Ian, Ian was not just eating popcorn. Um, Ian was showering me in popcorn. He was making it rain kernels as he jumped and screamed. Well, two minutes before the movie starts, he tells us that he gets motion sickness, <laughs> motion which sick. we never would have I told him you, to Ian. see a 4D movie if he get motion sickness. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think sorry, it's cool technology. Ian. I don't think it was put to best use for this movie. I would definitely go see something like Star Wars in it. Justice League and Star Wars would be fun. Yeah. I do that. Maybe I mean I, I saw uh, Interstellar in in D box and it, it was cool in D box, uh, which is just the movement. Right. Um, I I think that for a full like two two and a half hour major blockbuster, it might be just a little distracting for me. That's fair, fair enough. So, um, so those are our grades. Those are our thoughts on that. Uh, we do have something really special that we are working on. So starting this month on our Patreon, we are starting a video series where we are reenacting with all of our might and no money, um, movie scenes, iconic classic movie scenes. And we will be filming the first one shortly here, and hopefully it will be a success. Um, our hint that we are giving you is that it is a scene from a Quentin Tarantino movie, but we will not tell you which one yet. But I think you should try to guess. You should try to guess. Uh, we have a public post on our Patreon, patreon.com slash heroes podcast where you can guess in the comments even if you're not a patron but if you are a patron that's just one dollar or more uh you will get early access to this video and everybody else will have to wait a few weeks before they all get to see it so please check that out um you can find everything else for us at heroespodcasts.com and at heroes podcasts amber where can people find you. You can find me on Facebook at Anachronistic Cosplay. Um, if you're local to the Midwest area, you can also consider joining Heartland Cosplay Society. We're, we're a local cosplay group. We do a lot of charity events. We do all kinds of things. I'm hoping to get it more and more active in the coming months, and we'd love to have you join us. It's okay to lurk, too. Fantastic. And we will actually be at our very first convention <gasps> coming up this fall, Kansas City Comic Con so excited. KC Mo at Bartle Hall, November 10th, 11th, and 12th. We will be there. It'll be cool. We're going to do panels and other cool stuff. It's Derek's first table. It's, it's our first table for the Heroes Podcast Network. So we'll, we'll be doing a raffle of some kind, at least one. I'm going to come up with a couple other ideas, I think, too. So please come check us out there. And we will be doing a contest to give away some passes that we have. So that will be cool, cool too. Uh, Ryan is at Buster Props. Mm-hmm. Ray is Siren Ray Cosplay. Just Siren Ray. Just Siren Ray. Just Siren Ray. Siren Ray. And I am the Star Trek dude. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.